Hello and welcome to the Arizona Liberty Podcast. I'm your host, Neil, in Arizona. Today is Sunday, February 18th, 2024. And the title of this episode is called Free Market and Resources, Navigating Arizona's Economic Landscape. My next guest is going to be doing a few episodes with me discussing free markets and resources in Arizona. So you're probably asking yourself right now, what resources do we have in Arizona? And your gut reaction is going to be copper, water, and solar energy. And you're close. You're getting there. So we have copper. Arizona is a leading producer of copper in the States. We have copper mines such as the ones out in Morency and Bisbee and are among the largest in the nation. We also have gold and silver. These precious metals are mined in Arizona, although not as extensively as copper. We also have uranium. Arizona has significant uranium deposits, though the mining has been reduced due to, guess what, environmental concerns. We have water. And in a desert state like Arizona, water is an extremely valuable resource. And the management and distribution of water for agriculture and industry, along with urban use, are also critical use, uh, issues. Then you have timber. So forests up in northern Arizona provide timber resources, but that industry has declined due to conservation efforts and changing market demands. Well, I don't know. I mean, that's another subject to talk about. Oil and natural gas. There are oil and natural gas fields in Arizona, but these resources are not as abundant or economically significant as in the other states. Then you have solar energy. I don't know if solar energy is really, truly a resource. I mean, the sun is a resource which would produce solar energy, but um, the sunny climate of Arizona does make it ideal for solar energy production. And we do talk a little bit about solar on this episode and how it's increasingly becoming valuable. Um, so I, I hope you uh, have a good time listening on that part. But Sean, our guest, Sean McMahon is a Scottsdale young Republican and devout Christian who is passionate about his country and family values. He prioritizes facts and data over emotion, yet he keeps discussions entertaining with his charm and wit. Sean aims to spread awareness about the issues facing Arizona and the United States as a whole, focusing on economics, culture, and global matters. He believes in a constitutional republic with a strong emphasis on individualism where anyone can succeed in their passion if they truly dedicate their heart and mind to it. The verse, Oh God, you are my God, earnestly, I seek you, my soul thirsts for you, my flesh faints for you, as in a dry and weary land where there is no water. And that is from Psalm 63.1. It aptly describes his passion for servant leadership. My next guest is Sean McMahon. He is from the Arizona Republicans of Scottsdale. Sean, welcome to the Arizona Liberty Podcast. It's great to have you on. Uh, thank you so much, Neil, and I'm glad to be on this show. So it is a very pleasure to get to enjoy a nice, beautiful Friday out in the whole beautiful weather out there, even though it's 70 degrees. But we're going to enjoy that before May comes around and we get to experience 110 degrees to get yourself a nice time 
Oh yeah. So you're not a 110 kind of guy. Yeah. Are, huh? are you a 110 kind of guy or, or you're more of a 75 kind of guy? Um, I would say I'm more of a 75% kind of guy, <laughs> but it was like after been born and raised here for about my entire life and deal with 110 degrees, even I was crazy enough to sometimes jog around in 110 degrees. Obviously I do it at <laughs> night because obviously during the daytime, don't do it kids. And even the governor put a heat warning for that. <laughs> right. Even though he's a whole can of worms. So I'm not going to step any more toes as I go into this episode. All right. So, so you're native born. Cool. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I've actually did came back from a middle-class family, which I know my father was from Detroit, Michigan was work a blue collar job. And then he ended up moving out of the East coast, kind of start with some other Mexican concept. And then my mother, on the other hand, was born in Virginia, always been Southern born. And they came up to the whole restaurant called Chi Chi's. Oh. It was basically kind of a love at first sight kind of deal. Yeah. So like, you got one man, it was actually, I would say a blue collar Michiganian type of person. And then you got my mother was a military brat which my grandfather was an air force colonel and he actually did played a big part of my whole like characteristics and how i believe in my politics so you can thank him for that so they had their business had my sister and then years later they had an opportunity to go start help out with the outback steakhouse back in the early yeah. 90s and they moved there and then four years later i came to the world and my brother three years after so talk about a little bit more of a classic story of like if you hard if you actually work harder than your average Joe, you can succeed anything. We just had basically had nothing handed to us. Sure. And I feel like I had that same work ethic that I got from my father and my mother is this discipline. So there you go. Well, cool. Mm -hmm. Well, um, so tell me a little bit about what you do um with uh the Arizona Young Republicans. So currently right now I am just a volunteer and then I'm just like helping out with some other members, which yeah. I know I just recently got to start working for Citizen for Free Enterprise, which is a grass, it's a pack that was formed by Governor Doug Ducey, where I would be focusing more on the business aspect and the free market capitalism thing, which mm -hmm. we are going to go through that and talk about some of the interesting electrical power grid stuff because I feel right. like Arizona's got a really interesting history and there's this one bill is actually some is it's actually a one example of other thing of other people trying to solve some of the electrical problems with the electrical vehicles and it's just all it's a let's say it is a tip of the iceberg to keep yeah. it to that yeah so um well, let's let's we we will definitely talk about that. That's uh that's this uh, Senate bill we were just talking about before we hit the record button. Um, but um, so you mentioned uh, free market and uh, free enterprise. Um, so let's talk about free market capitalism for a minute. Alrighty. So I guess I figured to start off from here. So I do think free market capitalism is the solution to solve like other properties and a lot of major issues, which sure. obviously. It is definitely one of the more flawed system, but it actually makes it so, I would say, beautiful about the whole entire system where like you had to choose to vote for or you can work for this good company. And if it was a bad company, yeah. you could just go avoid that and let that company fail or bad policies. So, like if you make a single mistake in your life, that's all on you. So mm -hmm. that's coming up from a Christian. So you can call that also, and I would say that's like the most caring economic system. Sure. Which I know, like probably the Gen Zers called it like, oh, capitalism is so evil this, evil that. But I was like, well, 
they don't really have a strong view. And coming for someone who's a very devoured Christian for myself, and I've been baptized as a Methodist at, I would say, six months or four months on Father's Day, 1997. Oh, wow. So we can call it servant leadership. So it actually does take this idea a little further. We are fulfilling God's ultimate purpose Mm -hmm. for us to glorify Him by serving through others. Like if you love your neighbor, like you love your neighbor across the next door or the other side of the door. So regardless if they have their own challenges, we're supposed to think of their needs. Other than thinking of ourselves, obviously you got to be able to take yourself before you can serve others. Right. And we had survey them and actually seek their own interests, which leads up to wealth or abundance flows through freely towards those who serve and lead as stewards in their own community. Even when Adam Smith has established this quotation under a society that is judged by how this poor is treated, and I quote from saying this, no society can be regarded as flourishing and happy, and of which the far greater part of the members are poor and miserable. Oh, right, right. I literally just read this today, and I was like, Oh my gosh, it really sums up for all the today's culture, all the stuff that I hear around my peers. Sure. It was like the average people that don't really know Christ or if they don't really have a sense of responsibility, which is a common thing that kind of right. raised up for Gen Z. And I was born to the tail end Gen Z. They were like, feel so unfulfilled in the whole, which it actually does go in for the, yeah. whole the culture world, which I would love to go into all that in one episode. But sure. But I'm going to say that quote really stuck with me today. You know, it's funny you brought up uh, Adam Smith. I have been hearing this last couple weeks. Uh, I've heard both John Locke and Adam Smith mentioned quite a quite a few times. Uh, I think it's because maybe a lot of the stuff that they've been that they said is actually starting to show right now that the the mindset that uh, society has been pushing towards us this last couple decades have been basically against like what Adam Smith and uh, John Locke both said. And uh, I think it's start. I think it's the truth is starting to come out that the the real solutions are found right here locally, um, through free markets, um, you know, individual decisions, even like systems that, uh, like you mentioned, like it's not it's there's flaws in it, right? But when there's flaws, those flaws you can fix because you have the freedom to fix them. But if like government is running them, <laughs> the idea that government is going to fix those flaws is it's 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 crazy. They 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 never fix their flaws. They just throw more money at it. And what I've seen over the years. Yeah. So the other thing, what I like to kind of show that when you're kind of seeing, you probably might hear like from other entrepreneurs group, like <laughs> I said, I would say one of those books here. You could probably think the proximary or the extreme ownership. Uh-huh. The government is ran by people that just show up to work. But with no creativity, which obviously they work there for like five or maybe eight hours a day. Right. It's like, oh, I'm just going to throw this up and I'm just going to be going up there, going all this and whatever, all in Christ-like things that I shop on not describe in this episode. <laughs> right, right. And if, even if I do get into office, I'm like, I'm here to get my stuff done. Just kind of sign on whatever bills up. If I disagree with this, I'll argue my point. And if it was a good bill, I pass up, pass agree of it. And after when the day is over... I really spend time with my family or go to church or even just play video games for that matter, which I'm also <laughs> an advocate as well, which is surprising. A Republican that actually likes video games. Yeah. They, there, there seems to be like a little, there, there seems to be like a streak of, or no, there seems to be like a big number of Republicans that like have problems with video games. And there's like this like rebellious streak among conservatives that, that dig the video games. <laughs> 
Uh, yeah. Well, and after someone actually came back with that history, that was like, let's say they're definitely a more of like a political, like libertarian type people, yeah. which I know that's kind of an interesting concept. It's like, literally they're just sit there, just kind of enjoy like one game of like, wow. Or Boulder's gate three. Yeah. 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 Video game, video games are fun for, for me as well. I, I, I'm kind of like hooked on those rockstar games. So <laughs> I guess that's oh, really, I guess like it taps GTA, into my red dead too. Yeah. The red dead the and Max Payne games. <laughs> yeah. The, they're a lot of fun. They, they, uh, they definitely, they're good. Like if like I'm waiting for my wife to get ready to do something and I've got 45 minutes to just twiddle my thumbs. I'm like, Oh, let me go uh, blow up some cars for 45 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's one way to do it. Like anger management. one <laughs> right. GTA. Or maybe Smash and Bros and Smash Brothers, or I would say Street Fighter, maybe more. Oh yeah, those were yeah. I really remember those games. Really into that. <laughs> yeah, definitely a step step up from a uh, Pac Man. But yeah, we, we uh yeah we have a um yeah we have a little streak in us that that likes to play video games and stuff like that, which is cool. Um, I, I've noticed that around like you mentioned being tail end Gen Z. Um, I you know I honestly I've been out of touch um with. I would say the generations a bit. I'm a Gen Xer, like dead center of Gen X. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I didn't really see a whole lot else. These, the millennials came in, they came like basically my generation mentored them into the workplace is what we did with the, with the, um, with the uh, millennials. And uh, there was a lot of misconceptions about millennials, but after you, you know, when you get a productive millennial in the work environment, they are just like anybody else. They work hard. They, they want to do good at their job. And then, Gen Z kind of had this weird reputation, right, of being the same, like lazy, and I, I don't know. I don't. I don't want to use the words described um, because what happened was I met people like I've heard worse than that. So <laughs> I'm not going to go there. Like I met people like Zach and Nicole, and and it was like my first time really hanging out with Gen Z. And uh, after 2020 election, uh, going out and getting active and stuff, I met a lot of Gen Z people. I mean, you know, the conservative side of Gen Z is like really conservative. Like they're not kidding around. They're like Calvin Coolidge almost style of of conservatism. Yeah, which I've been seeing them like kind of popping up because like after from the 2020 pandemic, but let's let's be real with all this. I feel like 2020 ended up like was like the breaking point that actually yeah. made it to go straight to the right. And even there was one case study that I, I'm sure you probably might be familiar with this study, which I can't remember the name at the top of it. It was like the age, the political affiliation for high school boys will actually screwed up for be more conservative than while the oh, women. I did see. Yeah. I saw little reports and stuff. Which yeah. It was kind of fascinating, which is also is pretty accurate. What I've seen. I know that you've seen people like generate, Ari Bracha was definitely one of the more prominent members, which yeah. is also in LD, LD2, which if anyone lives in LD2, I'm kind of giving a quick shout out. So please sign for the petition for Ari Bracha, Johnny Bollock, and Justin Wilmoth, and you will not regret it. Yeah, absolutely. But we need to get we need to get Ari on. I, I need to reach out to him. Part of it's my fault. Uh, both of us are scatterbrains. <laughs> but... Mm. Would, would would really love to see uh, Ari come on and and I think is LD two is it a bit of a struggle is it are they, are they- uh, LD two is kind of a very unique situation because I know twenty twenty Trump won that LD by one percent while Kerry on the other hand in twenty twenty two lost it by mm-hmm. one percentage point which I would say even though there was let me go ahead and check for the statistics for LD twos is like political affiliation I know it's right around like thirty four percent Republican. 
and the independence is like literally the second or if not the largest slightly larger than yeah. the republican and i know which is like completely the swing area and that's like basically but Shauna there, she's literally like the breaking point. Like whoever gets to see, like if Katie Hobbs needed to retire her veto, if she ends up, if the Democrats ended up getting like the more two seats majority from 51 or right. 49, but if she, if we ended up saving our seat, which I think we got a good chance going on to it because the Democrat opponent is just another run of the mill, like pro-abortion, fun right. in the education. We hate a lot school voucher programs. Yeah. Um, so real quick, uh, this kind of is a little off topic, uh, but like during the governor's race, were you initially for Carrie Lake? Did you have any others that you were looking oh, at beforehand? Well, I or, guess this am is I, am I trying to out you? <laughs> I, I'm not. I mean, I'm just, I'm pretty much straightforward for what I say. So yeah. in the primary election, I wasn't like really fully on board with Carrie Lake because I was like, oh gosh, she's yeah. definitely a Trump on heels kind of story, which Obviously, she speaks well, but I feel like she feel way too much in the election, like it's stolen kind of shenanigans. Okay. And then, so I ended up kind of voting for Karen Robinson since the very beginning. And then the whole general election comes around. So basically, I had to deal with the kindergartner teacher for governor, which unfortunately she became that. Or you want someone who's outspoken is more willing to actually, you know, be more bold in her direction. So yeah. it was scary. I got you. Yeah, I, I this is gonna this is gonna out me a little bit. I, I was I actually voted for Paula. I don't know if you knew Paula. Paula? Yeah, Paula Z, Paula Tuliani. I don't wait a minute. Is she She made I the barely, she made the Biscotti company. Hmm. Yeah, she's I, I don't know. That name strikes me for some reason, but I was like, I'm like, who? <laughs> <laughs> she 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 is super cool. Um I met like a lot of the people that volunteered on her campaign, um, they really liked her a lot. A lot of the people that volunteered on her campaign were former employees and they were, um, yeah, they, they loved her. And, and she, you know, just, she had done some forums out on our side of town, um, where we, where we, uh, like had these, uh, cause we, we host debate forums too, as well. I help out LD 12 and then we have them here in D, uh, D five. And then also at the, uh, the Pinnell County Republican, uh, the, uh, the floor up in Florence, we host some, some, uh, forums there. And, uh, Paula came out and did uh D five and, uh, yeah, I mean, she was super cool. I mean, um, I kind of, she, she, she's a free market, right? She's, she's very, uh, hardcore free market. Very, um, her opinions on like, she's very Christian. Uh, her, her platform was, yeah, like free market Christian. She was very anti-abortion. Uh, she, went on a big thing on abortion at one of these and it was anyway i was very impressed with her but anyway i was just kind of i was i was kind of curious right on, on where you're yeah, at on that. i'm glad that you asked so so i'm like i'm pretty open for whatever candidates and i'm yeah. supporting i know like for cd8 i'm currently pledging my support for ben toma based on this old legislative record uh-huh I, I i'm not i i think i've heard his name a few times was he running last time or something or um, he's currently the house speaker and he oh, he's, just got elected as a speaker okay. to the house last year for this legislative session. Okay. So yeah, here's kind of some, so, um, I'm trying to think of our current representative. I'm trying to think of her name. I'm drawing a blank on her name, but you know, she, she had said that, that, um, I think it's Teresa Morales. I think it's her name. Are you familiar? She's, she's, she's up in Pinell County, but she, 
came out and spoke at one of our D5 meetings, and she had explained to us, uh, alongside David Marshall, I don't know if you know David Marshall, but he's also a Pinell County representative. We have, we have quite mm-hmm. a few representatives. Um, well, anyway, apparently up there at the governor's level, there's like a lot of resignations happen. They can't seem to keep people there. Like I'm talking about uh, government employees. Like apparently there's a lot of people that like coming, like they have a high attrition rate apparently in the governor's office. I don't know how true that is, but that's what I was told. Interesting. Which obviously I don't really know about that situation. That's kind of wild. So is it like trying to cut down like government plans or is it like, I I think they just, I think their, their ideology gets the best of them. And they, they just, I mean, there's no loyalty there. There's no, I mean, you're, there's no moral compass on that side. And so they just lose people. They can't keep people around. But anyway. Yeah. All right. So enough with that depressing yeah. stuff. No. Uh, I would say I am good, definitely going to be praying for their well-being. So hopefully they, you know, find some new direction that better suits their desires and needs. Yeah, it, it yeah, it just seems like it just seems like there's some disarray up there at the at the governor's side of the world. Um, now, the, so back to our free market. Um, so we also have this this part where we were going to talk about uh, the free market in Arizona alone. Like you know, it's 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 complex, um, and it's probably a little different than say like a state like Texas, right? Because you have mm-hmm. uh, like Texas, you know, they, they got every resource they need. Like they, they could probably survive on their own if they wanted to. But Arizona's a little different. Yeah, Arizona is definitely a, one of the more unique situations, which obviously we under the Doug Ducey administration, we definitely seen a lot of like one of the bigger, like especially the flat tax actually being approved us, which ended up striking the whole like economic growth thing, which I know that's what Arizona is best yeah. known for. But also, there's another thing, and I know I'll kind of give the whole big, the big elephant in the room, the lovely electricity grid, and also the good old water supply, yeah. which I am going to save that for another episode, yep. because the water supply thing in Arizona is completely, and lack of better returns, it's pretty bigly to talk about. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's a whole world of its own. But one of the things, though, that uh, Arizona definitely has challenges with is uh, energy and uh, you you have some uh, I don't know, you you've done some research you have some ideas and there's also a bill in place so we, we could probably start with uh, how you see um, energy in Arizona um, we we have the electrical grid right we have the standard electrical grid that everybody's used to but um, there's also uh, these newer um, you know like cars uh, the electrical cars. Um, even like solar. I don't know if we have time to talk about solar today. Um, but I mean, we, I guess we could talk about cars for a minute, like uh, these, these electrical cars and, and we'll get into this whole electrical charging station. Like, how do you feel about electrical cars in general? I think on surface, like I know a lot of people that I know I would like to own a Tesla in the near future, but <laughs> yeah. I feel like I do like the convenience of it. And I know like I've heard a lot of great things about how these cars goes and there were some great like tax bill credits go on. Right. But I feel like the government shouldn't really be deciding whatever the free market goes like in the electric cars. So they should give it out to the whole free market enterprises thing rather than have the government forcing us to. And that's why we're kind of feeling the pain of our gases in the fossil fuels right now. Right. For gases, which I know I'm kind of enjoying the whole three dollars per gallon, but it's going to be raised up right around like four to like four to 
four dollars to four point five yeah dollars per gallon. So not looking forward to that. So that's one of the sucky parts of being in Arizona. And we we tax our gas a bit too mm-hmm. alongside that, so that doesn't help us. Um, yeah, I think I can't remember what I paid today. I filled up one of my tanks, and I, I think I paid like three forty something today. It was I, I can't. I, it's kind of crazy when like you can't remember. I was like, <laughs> it's over three dollars uh, for for a gallon of gas, and that's kind of just it's just kind of baffles me every time I fill up my tank. Um, but yeah, so um, so like. Uh, when it comes to electrical vehicles, um, the what I ran into both my cars are gas cars and they're older. Uh, I just keep maintaining them and taking care of them, and I don't need to get a new car. Um, and then I, I had I had a friend. So we have these hybrid vehicles. Um, I've never owned one, but you you have that option. And then you also have um, I don't know. I had a friend that had a like had an electric vehicle that. It was a Ford, and this was, goes back about like eight years ago. Really luxurious Ford, um, and it, it. I think it might have the. I think basically, if it started to run out of electricity, he could just start. He could just run it with gas. So there's like a kind of like a, a gas and electric car, which seemed to do okay. Interesting. So like, I don't don't know much about the internet <laughs> inner works of it, but I was like, I kind of wanted to know how that stuff would actually played out. So. <laughs> I never personally know anyone that actually has those, but yeah, going to explain, which I know they said like fossil fuels is like probably the biggest enemy that goes along. But you know, we all know like fossil fuels tend to be more beneficial for the environment than the whole electricity part. But anyway, so we're getting off topic. So back for well, the let's get back on topic. Well, we're we're talking about electrical vehicles, right, and the charging stations and things like that. Hmm. Yep. Yeah. So. so Currently, I was actually taking a look, and I know for the IRS market, estimated that the U.S. federal investment will directly contribute to the construction, maintenance, and operation of approximately 400,000 newly installed Level 2 AC and Level 3 DC fast chargers in the United States between 2022 and 2026. So that means it can actually be open source. It had to be open source. And it could not go to the Tesla supercharger network, which it actually opens up for non-Tesla vehicles, which I know it's kind of crazy. They were trying to go for the whole big push thing, but they were like, how are we going to do this exactly? Since I feel like I know we're getting there, but I feel like we're not like really have the resources or the okay, yeah, right. necessarily to really provide that, which obviously you already know the government never gets anything, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, that's why I was kind of bringing up these different models of vehicles, uh, like these, like semi-charge or, um, or or just like straight up gas vehicles, because it, it seems like uh, the charging station thing. It, it seems like it could be problematic right now at the moment. Mm-hmm. Like, like I, I don't. I, I'm I'm for uh, an electrical vehicle to be able. To, I mean, it would be convenient, right? I just charge my. I don't even go to the gas station, right? I mean, that's like the first convenience. I don't, I don't go to the gas station. I just go home and plug it in and come out the next morning and I could drive back to work. But like the, the distance uh, that you have to drive um, and, and then, you know, where are you going to charge it when you get to work? And um, it, it just, to me, it's just, it seems kind of, yeah, like we don't, we don't have quite the infrastructure there to just charge every car. Mm-hmm. And, and like force and force everybody to go get a electrical vehicle. They're very expensive vehicles. 
Yeah. So, like, you had you ever seen like the price like for the Tesla like purchase price? I know it's like right around eighty grand, but I don't uh-huh. know how the price inflates. But for a used one for twenty. 22 like k million like miles which i actually just looked at from carvana i would say twenty nine thousand. which obviously that's like more of a model three standard but if you want to try to get let's just go on to the tesla website even though there was some benefits yeah. kind of going to the y model oh my god the y model i just looked this up after federal tax credit which obviously this is like on the website and i'm not promoting all this so with the warm before savings and incentives so it's 42 grand nine hundred dollars and ninety cents oh no it's 42 okay forty two thousand nine hundred and ninety dollars and after that it's literally cut it down to 39 grand 31 grand well i guess that's good if my I, I guess that's might be okay if like you're in the market to buy a car Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, but for all the wild car market we're kind of still experiencing currently yeah, we're going to have to wait until that supply goes up to it. So, which we're going to lead up to the next topic, which I know the state, like I know recently, yeah. like I know my state senator is actually still trying to come up with some other bills or trying to tackle for the whole, like, you know, try to stop the whole monopoly thing. So we sure. don't have like Tesla or ChargePoint or. So we're going to get into the lovely bill of state Senate Bill 1637 that was introduced from the 56th legislative district legislative session right so what is this bill if anyone may not know so the purpose of this bill which is under the name electrical vehicle charging stations so it would prohibit an electricity supplier so meaning that could be from tesla charge point or whoever those companies may be yeah or like CLP gas for that matter to be able from owning or operating electrical vehicle charging stations but it allows electrical supplier to own and operate and make ready infrastructure necessary for the electrical vehicles charging operation. Yeah, I'm trying to understand that. Like, so this basically is it prohibits an electrical supplier from owning or operating. Are they are they afraid that there could be like a price control going on there? Or? Yeah. So apparently, for the target, what this bill was actually trying to go for was supposed to actually create a more like free market society like no no not not necessarily um let me go ahead and pull this up so the key provisions so like here which obviously it would actually while they can't own it but they were actually able to own which includes electrical sub- setups mm-hmm. needed to support a charging station such as power lines transformers and a lot yeah. and other electrical distribution equipment but this also ensures the necessary foundational work for installing charger stations is effectively is efficiently handled, leveraging the expertise and the resources of utility companies. Which I feel like that actually does give a lot more power for these companies to come up with a more creative solutions and more something more efficient rather than compared to what something with the federal government would do. But if yeah. you kind of see like how imagine having the mayor of Phoenix kind of go around try to design or work thing like make it more of the traffic stuff um like california which obviously yeah. we call it lizard people traffic <laughs> right yeah I, so really so is this bill basically supposed to make it where you can have more um like uh different people can get involved in this market is that what this doing is, uh, it, is it making it where like two people like you and i could get together and 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 get with some experts and invest money and Build our own charging stations. Build our own charging stations if we can. Well, 
I know that would definitely create a unique situation because currently right now, Arizona barely have any charging stations going around. And even if they do, they're either up like round down in the Kirlin, I would say the Northern Scotts area. If you've ever been to one of those, which obviously there's a lot more rich folk, but if you're trying to go have the incentive of this, so we need to have like some really strong infrastructure for the electrical suppliers. So which if you got like charge point or all those other places, right. so to kind of like people like me, which I don't know how that issue is going to create, but yeah, but I, I can like kind of speculate or other things to be like, Hey, it was just you and me. Now we'll just call it the gutter charger organization. <laughs> right. And be like, Hey, you want to charge at a local, at your local gas station, your mom's and dad's grocery store. Right. You charge your car. Yeah. The, I, it se- yeah, it seems like, I mean, it seems like there's a market for this. Um, as long as you could get, I'm kind of looking at it like uh, back in the day of uh, cell phones. Uh, you know, I I did not buy a cell phone until I think year 2000 was I, I think it was 2000 or 2001 when I actually like got a cell phone, and it it became a necessity because the older style phones it was you know the demand. We're like back to economics, you know, like you have your supply and demand, and the demand came for me to need a cell phone, and it, and the price had come down uh, quite a bit. It was no longer like you know four dollars to call somebody on a cell phone. It was now you know they were actually coming up with cool plans, and so the next thing I knew, my wife and I are buying these old Nokia phones, and um, and the next thing I knew, we're shutting off the landline. So I kind of look at these electrical cars like I don't know if the if the technology was to advance well enough to where you could drive long distance in these cars and charge them at a quicker rate. Yeah. Chances are I could see myself dumping my old gas cars and replacing them with a, with an electrical car. But I mean, Mm -hmm. like, like only time will tell, right. You know, but do do you think like the government is just trying a little too hard to push everybody to it? Yeah. I think I agree with that 110%, which I know I think it is maybe well intentioned because I know there was some like environmental benefits to it, but yeah, Feel like this is something that was like if you want to do it like more sensitive like i would say buy your own cars and maybe encourage more like charging power stations and maybe improve some of the electrical grid stuff which i yeah. know that's a big thing that i'm about to briefly go over okay yeah i'd like to hear it researches last night which i feel like this stuff is really fast oh yeah i actually got the report right here so arizona has a benefit for like I would say they just reported in last March of last year, they had $3.7 billion in announced like electrical vehicle manufacturing investments, and that would include the 7,600 associated new jobs. So there is a huge market for that, but I know yeah. there's another issue, but how would you feel if you're like, obviously, if you've ever seen like a electrical battery car, which obviously they're definitely worth a lot. But when you're in the summer, we're kind of deal with that. Obviously, we're kind of dealing with all nice weather, which I feel like cold weather starts in November and then everything starts warming up in April. Right. So you deal with that for six months of a year. And you're going to know how long car batteries that last. You have to change it over like a year and a half to two years. Yeah, car batteries. That's 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 a whole other thing too. The the batteries of themselves. Do, like do like do. Can we even rely on these batteries? Do, like, do we know for sure these batteries have the lifetime that they say they have? Um. It depends like on the brand that you're going for, which I know that's yeah. something I definitely need to do some research a little bit <laughs> right. further in. 
I know the maintenance, like for the Tesla stuff, what I've actually read into is definitely a little bit higher up compared to something if I would get yeah. like a Jeep Renegade, which I know that it's a car that I own. And I had to change my battery, a car battery, I would say the last year, like in right around August, it was only like a year and a half in. And I just had this car, like, and when I got it, like a 3,000 miles, and now it's like, you have to change your battery because. Oh, yeah, of the course. And some burned the crap out of it. <laughs> Right. But we have a schedule on ours. Like I, 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 for like my regular car battery, I, I just, every other, every other year I just go buy one. I don't even, I just, I just like, honey, I got to go buy batteries for the cars. Cause I don't want you getting stranded. So I just, yeah. I mean, it's always better to be like all prepared and all that. So I feel like I need to kind of do that, which obviously the battery stuff, but I know like for the electrical supplies, like for these electrical vehicles, they rely on lithium ion yeah. batteries in the nickel metal. Which, however, I actually did took a look for the lithium. So they actually say they do have a good, like, high energy efficiency and they actually good high temperature performance in long life and low discharge yeah. thing, which is kind of fascinating. But I don't know how they would do. And I know researchers, they said they're going to try to reduce their, even though despite it for it being the high cost, they're going to try to extend their use for this and use like Corlite and address some of the safety issues. Because I know there were some issues with the Tesla going on burning through it, but. Yeah. So, so do you feel, do you feel pretty confident about electric cars yourself or are you still kind of looking at like, well, I mean, we need to monitor this. Um, I would just monitor this cautiously. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I want to see this industry go because I know there's a lot of like benefits going on with electric cars, even though there might be a little bit overhyped, but yeah, you know, the, the Amazon like guy. We're going to get to that point where everybody's going to be driving a freaking Tesla right around like Model <laughs> Y. Right. The the Amazon guy told me the other day uh, in passing um, that they're the vans. Some of those vans are electric. I didn't know they were. I didn't know they it's were. It's not surprising because I know Amazon always trying to do a lot on the renewable energy stuff, and they're just trying to be like the best supply chain whole system. Yeah. Just to make it more or less for the carbon footprint. Yeah. Do Do you think now mentioning the carbon footprint? Do Do you think do you Do you think there really is a carbon footprint? I mean, do you think that like um, uh, I feel like that's just a liberal talking point, just yeah. to kind of prove some other points, just trying to be like, oh, you're trying to go for the carbon footprint and make sure you don't <laughs> right. consider all other stuff. Because <laughs> I know the government tends to really kind of use the whole liberal thing just to try to like push their own agenda, even though it's just sure it's basically is in a describe in disguise yeah for, for me like i look at a person like me i have a i know for a fact i have a small carbon footprint like i like if you want to use that talking point right which you know i'm I'm just saying for their own sake of their own uh i guess you want to call them arguments um like i know that i have a small quote-unquote carbon footprint like i could i could probably you know, I live in a very small house, uh, you know, minimal car use. Uh, you know, I don't use, I don't really use a lot of energy, but you know, there's people that have like, you know, three kids and lots of soccer games and baseball games. And, you know, I, I don't know. It just, it just seems like, it seems like a lot of these electric vehicles and pushing these electric vehicles on people would be really detrimental. And, and government tends to kind of, uh, they like to say incentivize people to do things, but at the same time, they like to punish <laughs> yeah that's just caught um caught up for lighting up gas in the whole world right and now I, I, I saw a little balloon that was pretty good 
so so Sean here put some I don't know how he did it, but he used the the uh, zoom feature the where he had these little balloons blow by. <laughs> that was pretty so good. I just had to go up as like quote unquote insensitive. <laughs> so go ahead and buy my electrical vehicle car today. If you don't, you're gonna be pl- polluting the world and we're gonna screw you with it by upping up your gas prices. So so oh, are you thinking government. So do you think do you think this uh this SB um 1637 i mean do you think it's do you do you think it's helpful or do you think it's it's just them getting things um, ready or considering this is like a very nuanced like kind of deal kind of tag on the electrical vehicle thing i feel like this is definitely the stepping stones how to be able to get to sorry about that for the dog so oh, no. it, yeah it barely came through okay so basically what they would do god i gotta say so for the electrical bill thing. So I feel like it's definitely the stepping grounds, what we need to get to do to try to come up with a more efficient system for the power grid. Yeah. And I think it will promote like some free market capitalism yeah. stuff, which I feel like we are definitely us, the people are better, come up with better solutions and more competitive, more predictable prices rather than just like inflation around like unpredictability where the market goes. Sure. Obviously there's gotta be some regulations kind of control that and make sure we don't do some, I would say it's some things that we don't need to do. So Right. Do you, do you think this could segue over into like uh the topic of electricity in the free market uh, mm-hmm. in, in Arizona? Yeah. Um okay, it's definitely going to be a key part of it. Yeah, so so how how do you like a lot of this research and stuff that you do? How how do you kind of see electricity where we stand in Arizona and and a free market um as a state, how do you how do you see us? Like, do you do you think we're going in a good direction? Do you think we need to uh, start um, diversifying our sources, like uh, in renewable, solar, wind, whichever, anything? I mean, um, so it is kind of one of those like topics is like a little bit more. I definitely believe in more of the lesser government, the better when it comes yeah. to it. And I would say kind of give it more incentive rather than just having taxes to kind of control for all the stuff that don't really make any changes to it. Right. So like I said before in the whole philosophy, so I believe in the medium-sized government, but leaner, but a more efficient thing. So right. I would kind of more of a vicious operation. It's like, hey, we're doing like a more flat tax rate like or something, which I feel like the energy thing, and obviously with the sun sources, we are definitely the best users of like solar panel uses. Yeah. And it's just more about like how are we gonna be able to like control it in a more effective way, how we can make it more affordable for Arizonians to be able to afford their own electricity bills and all that crazy stuff. When when it comes to like um some of these renewables, um I I have researched numerous times um and getting getting a like a solar roof. Um I have the perfect roof on my house to do it. Like it's a very flat, long, you know, roof that you could load solar panels all over this thing. I've just, I, I don't know if it's just, I'm, I'm older a bit and I just don't trust newer technologies like I should, or right. I'm always worried about like battery life. I'm always worried about, um, solar panels like expiring on me. So if I spend like, I don't know, I don't even know the price, but if you spend like, like, I don't know, is it, 40,000 bucks on a, on a roof or something. How long is that thing going to last? me? <laughs> like, is it, is it, is it going to pay for itself or am I going to, am I just going to find myself paying more, 
you know, for, for a roofer, you know, versus the, the way we're doing utilities now. And I mean, I would like, I would like the free market to decide that. Yeah. So I know it does bring up a other unique question, which I know I don't have like any other like roof panels or anything like that. Yeah. Which I know there's just, had you ever seen like all those like sales routes, they'd be like, Hey, do you want to buy like a solar panel thing for your house and all that stuff? So I know there could be some benefits to it. Obviously it generates no gases and reduces more air quality, but the benefits for it, even though they say it is sustainable for the climate, but how the biggest million dollar question how could you actually really sell this and make it more efficient for yeah. the consumer without actually breaking the bank for consumers yeah that's the hard part and um i don't you know i i i do use a lot of solar by the way like i, I at my house there's tons of solar everywhere but it's not it's not running on my house it's not running my ac it's it's running small lights i've got like lights all over my property that have little solar. Um, I, I have a shed in the back that uses solar lighting inside there because, you know, I just open the door and I, you know, grab something out of it, you know, so I flip the light on. I don't, I don't need to run, you know, copper all the way to this shed, you know, so I just put a little solar kit on it and it's, it's good to go. I, but it's, it's like, it's like to me, like solar right now is like more of like a, a micro voltage technology like, you know, you could power cell phones or computers or something with it, but then you're talking like an air conditioning unit, you know, for a family that could get difficult. Yeah, it does bring up a lot of those questions. Like, I know that an obviously thing is like, oh, I'm saving the environment, but are you actually making an effective system that kind of utilizing it? But yeah, you're kind of like just kind of thrown in the whole dart thing, which I know I'm not like some inventor or some scientist or anything like that. You're kind of just throwing the dart or the board. It's just like, hey, we're just going to charge it up for a small amount of charge. But are you affecting them for long term yeah. or you're just going to benefit for short term? Right. And I'm a long term guy. And when you think about like for solar panel stuff, I want to see to try to last it for or even maybe some update systems. And I'm sure there might be some other stuff going along but that's trying to update from the whole solar panel things. And I know California just do their whole thing. And I know California, if you drive by like in the whole Death Valley area, they have these famous like oh, windmills yeah. you can buy. Oh yeah, I like those. Mm -hmm. Those yeah, but, are always exciting to see. But my, my second, I, I like my wife and I basically, our, our second home is basically Palm Springs. We either up in, like when we go vacation, we either in Palm Springs or Sedona. It's like we're pretty predictable mm -hmm. people. I love Sedona. <laughs> I was just hiking up there like a couple months ago with a group of other buddies and I got a few photos of it, me yeah. hiking up some other areas. Hopefully you come back to here once the, you know, things get maybe going around there later this year, yeah. right around the winter time. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, those are all gorgeous. And like with, um, you know, when you when you're out driving in these remote areas, you'll see like a you know houses out in remote areas, and, they, and they're taking advantage of solar panels. They're you know they're using I don't I don't know what they're using the solar panels for, but they're they're obviously supplementing their electricity with them. Um, that that area that you mentioned, like uh, off of the ten, no, it's not the ten freeway. I can't remember what freeway it is, but uh, going towards like uh, the Palm Desert out there with mm -hmm. all the windmills. You know, I've I've never actually sat down and researched how efficient those they've been there since I was a little kid. Like I remember them in the, in the eighties and seeing them. Um, we drive out to Palm Springs all the time and like, see these, I always thought they were cool as a kid. Like, Oh, look at all the windmills. <laughs> but you know, where are they, are they really doing their job? I, I don't know. I mean, they've been there for a long time. It's a good case study. Mm -hmm. 
that might be something that I definitely might have to research into this too. So, which I know it might be some win benefits to it, but it is, I would say that I would help some of the world areas because I know famously urban areas are not like really the best of like kind of train because obviously it's a lot more infrastructure. There's a lot more electricity yeah. to provide while rural areas, on the other hand, they're basically have to rely on basically, you know, having fired up candles just to try to make things survive. So <laughs> you're not like having the whole lovey refrigerator or I would say like order DoorDash app just to be able to get your food or your groceries at 24 yeah. seven. Yeah. So, so do you, do you worry a little bit about like, you know, do you worry a little bit about energy consumption in general? Do you think we tend to, as people, do you think we tend to use too much energy? Do you think we use more than we should? Or you- I feel like it is one of those things. It's like we, I know this is probably going to be a popular question that, or probably a popular answer, Yeah, but I feel like we are definitely using the energy a little bit way too much of that we should, but I think that's due to the infrastructure and some of the energy issues kind of go on with our state. Yeah. Yeah, true. Rather, it's like, hey, which obviously, like, I know the electricity has gone up thanks to the whole inflation, and there was some like power grid issues that's going to go along. I know Texas is probably the biggest sample after the whole snowstorm thing. So, how the like the the other question that I was asking myself, like, how could we actually do something a more efficient system that's actually it runs just as powerful, but it actually requires less energy and less supply to be able to make something that is efficient in a more streamline mad rather than just kind of relying on all crazy vultures trying to do a thing which is it leads up another question another like point yeah you know like arizona's always getting about a lot of tech hubs moving around here and then we rely on a lot of electricity yep data mar- data management sources um data and banking companies rely on electricity and water supply yeah so you're talking about like uh like data centers like where they build out like a huge att data center and it's just mm-hmm. loaded with servers and and storing data and they those things use a lot a lot of electricity is mm-hmm. so does so does that concern you a little bit to just see all of this you know consumption going on in the in arizona and the hot desert yeah which i definitely really think that's like a very key that's definitely a really key issue that goes along which with the hot heats going around you got to have to find something to be able to cure for all that stuff. Yeah. And obviously the big daddy government is not going to really figure it out. They're just going to be throwing money out to the problem rather than just kind of addressing some of the micro parts of it. Yeah, And is that why you kind of express a little interest to get into legislature somehow? Or are, are you mm-hmm. planning to run for office soon or? Um, Currently for right now, and I definitely want to focus more on kind of building my own setup. And I know working for Citizen Free Enterprise, yeah, and there's some a- other key issues that I want to get into more, which obviously finance is always a big part. I would say religious values, um, border crisis, border security is definitely the biggest one here. Right. Yeah. And tech censorship. The list kind of goes on from there. But if I ever do decide to run, probably the highest I would go would either for state representative, maybe state senator. Yeah. And possibly corporate commissioner. Okay, yeah, those are yeah corporate commission. That that would be like something really good to get into. I noticed that uh, like those guys make a lot of these decisions on how energy is regulated or distributed, or that that would definitely be like something to get into. Um, and it's well, I I guess I guess it's 
it was really funny being like being part of the precinct level. Now you start seeing the, the politics of, of when people run for these positions, how cutthroat they can get just for something that looks so minor. Right. And some of these, yeah. Little- and here's another thing I was about to speak off to that question. So I know recently last week on February 6th, and that's exactly 10 years ago, I mean, 10 date. I don't know okay. why I said 10 years, but <laughs> 10 right. years ago, they just initiated a proceeding to eliminate electricity, energy efficiency and renewable rules that conservative regulators said that costs billions of dollars and no longer prevented. So they're actually moving along, just trying to cut down some of the benefits to it. So was it necessary for steps? And I know I was just rated up. So to repeal that actually ended up like costing some of the stuff, but I feel like this is a great first step to kind of tackle some of the more efficient aspects of like dealing with the whole electricity parts. So this is what they said, like from Jim O'Connor, he said, we begin the steps that needed to repeal a rule that has cost taxpayers billions of dollars in out of the market price contracts. Right. So it's definitely a step of the right direction, how we can do the first um, killing out, trying to lower down utility bill for each month. Yeah, that sounds good. Did, did um, Now, so... A lot of a lot of the stuff that you, that you uh, that you talk about on your videos and stuff, a lot of it is like really policy. Like a lot of the stuff is policy oriented. You you go over a lot of like different different types of policies. And um, do you think um, do you think like do you think in Arizona we tend that we need a little more free market in what we're doing, or do you think? Uh, I mean, do you think we're doing okay with in terms of like uh, government hands off government or? Do you think our government's micromanaging us or do you think we're like, do you think we're on a good path or, a, or, or we need some improvement or anything? Um, currently right now, I definitely do think mark free market capitalism is definitely the solution to be able to solve for all of our yeah. major issues rather than having like, obviously there could be some government regulation to me because obviously you need regulation to have control without like having all the free market goes along. But yeah, there are some things you're going to have to let go of some of the unnecessary BS that's like really costing our taxpayers, which obviously money always speaks first. If it's actually benefit my wallet and if it actually is a strong, efficient system, I'm going for it. But if you're having to spend way too much money on a system that's like a far too much red tape to it, yeah, we're going to have to do some tripping up by, I would say. What, what, what attracts you the most uh, with a lot of these solutions? I would just say it definitely allows a lot of creativity and a lot more unique solutions to it because I feel like there's always something new in there. And I like to have a little bit more variety when it kind of goes up to like whole economical system rather than right. be sticking on to one, I would say 20 year old system or maybe a century old sure. system that barely keeps up with the times. Look at all the college university stuff. They're basically kind of stuck back in the 1920s or 1900s. Yeah. That's why tech boot camps and there's colleges or companies are willing to pay for your degree or do their own universities to counteract that. Right. Yeah. I, I look at like, uh, you know, it's, it's weird. It's, I, I feel like we're going to, whether we want to or not, I feel like we're going to become hybrid in terms of like, we might be using uh, the older electrical grid that has a lot of power in it. Um, maybe, maybe we can help make it more robust. I don't know. But like, I always think about what's going to power the AC in August. Like, that's kind of like how I see it. Like, I'm like, you know, I, I'll hear, I, I'm like, really like people on our side, right? Um, I, I guess they say we're the right. <laughs> I, I kind of don't like all those categories, but we're, we're, we're told we're on the right. So I'll just say from like the right side, I've, 
I've heard a lot of people talk about renewable energies and I've watched videos and presentations about how renewables will help us and become more energy independent. And I always say, well, I, I totally am with that. Like I'll take whatever alternative I can get my hands on, but come August <laughs> in Arizona, that AC is going to have to go like, no, no, come July, right? June, late June, early July, you're, you're, you are turning on the AC, whether you want to or not. At that point, you're making a financial decision. Okay, AC's going on because I've got to see tomorrow. Like it's going to get too hot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't think you want to be like sweating your tail off during all this <laughs> weather. It's like you know, like how crazy it is to sweat. Like literally, you <laughs> right. got so much passion. It was like you know, I knew someone like what I've actually worked with in the past. There was just so like the heat was so <laughs> bad. <laughs> They literally see the water drips of their socks, and you can literally fill <laughs> an entire bucket with that alone. Right. Or you could probably fill a Starbucks cup like this. <laughs> probably probably one-third of it to be generous enough, but oh, yeah. my God. And so people, you know, they got kids and stuff, and they're, they're going to fire up the AC. You know, come even in May, they're firing on AC. And so that's what I think about when I hear about renewable energy solutions and stuff. I'm like, I'm there, I'm there. I'm there, but it's you're, it's going to get hot here in Arizona. People are going to run that AC, and then is it going to drain your batteries? Is it going to, you know, is it, you know? And th there's a lady down the way from me, and she she's got a full Tesla roof, and she said that uh, that once the batteries go, your electrical will kick in. And I don't know. She's got she explains this plan. The plans sound overly complicated, by the way. Some of these newer plans that they're running, so that kind of runs me away from it too. But, um, you know, I, I think. Um, you know, do, do you think Arizona though is open to a lot of free market solutions or do you think we need legislators to go in there and kind of get some deregulation? Do, do you think we're overregulated like by looking at some of the policies you've looked at? Um, so far we are definitely with the way how things are going, we're definitely for yeah. focus on, obviously, unfortunately we got a gut democratic governor that's probably yeah. more likely to veto some of the bills, but if we get some of the stuff, which as long as long as we get a Democratic governor in there, so we're basically going to be all for renewable energy, you know, the climate change propaganda stuff that was kind of thrown in. Yeah. We're not going to be seeing any changes, but obviously, like I said before, I'll probably be to the head. Free market capitalism is for the win to be able to electricity costs. And some of the stuff that I feel like deregulation is definitely the right way to go. But yet come up with some more, I would say, more careful planted solutions how to go along for their air conditioning thing and all the other stuff, which obviously I feel like I do see a future with it. And I know there is some other things that maybe for the next episode when I'm going to talk about on yeah. the water supply, which I feel like that's going to be a really key element that actually does. Basically, think of like the water betters from the last Avatar. That's like literally the bloodline that goes all for it. Right. If the water goes, and that, we're dead. Yeah, and we like, are big pale as we can be, like vampires. Yeah, like that's what I was telling you. Like before we before we hit the record button, you know, um, being at the precinct level and being able to go to these precinct meetings and and listening to candidates talk and stuff. One of the biggest questions uh, the average person they stand up and they ask, they say, "Hey." How, how are we going to handle water? How are we going to handle electric? You know, how are we going to handle the, these, these two things are like so important in Arizona. And I, I hear so many people say that if we don't get on top of this, we're, we're going to run into some problems. I'm with you on that. So 
And especially with a lot of new stuff with all these buildings and houses being rapidly built up in the North Phoenix area with my area. Yeah. It's crazy. Like five years ago, North Terra, there was barely anything. There was only like a Harkins Theater. There was no McDonald's fries. And then yeah. like now we're starting to see a fries ride on the street, like for where I live. And now there's like a McDonald's, a Chipotle, five guys and a Chick-fil-A on top of it, which I, that's actually my favorite Chick-fil-A to go to. <laughs> but I always love my chicken sandwiches there. And the main attraction that itself, you know, that big Thai, Taiwan microchip company factory that's being built up up that area. I've heard about it. Yeah. That's going to be could train a lot of electricity and a lot of like stuff. That's where we're going to, a lot of issues we're kind of talking about today. Yeah. What, what do you think about um, nuclear? Nuclear? I personally don't really know much about the whole nuclear yeah. stuff, but I feel like that might be a really interesting topic to really go into because I know nuclear, I know like the Manhattan Project basically gave birth to the whole True, nuclear yeah. energy conversation. Yeah. I know. I was kind of thinking about Amahar, which is obviously a really awesome movie, and I think everybody should go see that. Oh, yeah. I haven't seen that yet. <laughs> I'm terrible. Really? <laughs> I don't well, get out I much. One of the few people that did saw Bobbenheimer on the same day when I saw Barbie, and then I saw Oppenheimer right after that. Did you see Barbie? I did. <laughs> Who did you go with? Um, couple dudes. So, <laughs> I'm kidding. Well, I actually did went with my sister on that day. So <laughs> my sister actually, I mean, she's older, 37. She actually wanted to see the film, and I was like, you know, being the little brother that I am, so I was like, I don't care. I mean, obviously, it was kind of a fun movie for what it was, even though there was some feminist concepts in there that kind of might be. Obviously, <laughs> I know this is like a year now when this movie came out, right around July. So it's like seven months came out seven months ago. Yeah. I, I had a guest on here and I can't remember who it was, but we were cracking jokes about the Barbie movie and um oh it was Mr. K. I have a guest that comes on named Mr. K. And uh Mr. K. Yeah, Mr. K. <laughs> he he don't he don't want his he doesn't want his identity disclosed. So it, they're always fun, um they're always fun conversations. But um we were talking about the Barbie movie and I of course didn't see it, but I, I did see some I did see a couple advertisements for it and I, I have to say I give credit to whoever liked the architect, whoever did the architecture in the movie. Although it was very pink, the architecture was not bad. It was a lot of like old '60s style, like what they call Gucci architecture, which was kind of cool. And of course, he chastised mm -hmm. me for giving it compliments. Oh, he must be <laughs> I love. Even though the movie wasn't that bad, though, it really all. wasn't. I would say there was like some stuff and there was actually some good emotional bits in the film, but there was <laughs> obviously I feel like Ryan Gosling really did stole the show that as Ken though. <laughs> With that one song is like, I'm just Ken. <laughs> Everything else I'll be a ten. Oh wow. That's funny. Well, you know what? I, I gotta hand it to you. You're 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 a real man if you can if you can fess up to all that you just fessed up to. So you you, you kudos to you, my friend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, you know, like I always say in life, man, you always come in with a smile and you say whatever, regardless what people think about you. Yeah. You just got to go in with a big cheese in your smile <laughs> on your face and just embrace the chaos. Yeah, nothing, nothing hurts more than the truth sometimes. No, um, well, you know, I'm, I'm a victim like of uh, certain movies like uh, my wife and I watched the... Uh, we, we've watched over the years the Hallmark mystery movie, so we're we're guilty. Oh, <laughs> I mean, my mom. I mean, we like the fun Hallmark Christmas movies. They <laughs> yeah, are see, they're fun, very corny, and they're corny. Yeah, definitely not going to be like winning like Oscar awards or anything. But right. it's like 
you just want to just shut your brain out and watch <laughs> you, that's you, the best way to do it yeah there's, there's no there's no there's no um there's no violence so we're, we're golden on that no that there was um but yeah they they um but yeah with uh with, with all the stuff in uh, arizona though and everything it's it's it, it sounds like you're pretty optimistic you know it, it it sounds like, and you know, looking at your TikTok videos and stuff that you've done, and I, I can't actually, uh, Sean. I know this is. I guess you could say this. This episode is kind of like an intro to Sean, right? Um, mm-hmm. And uh, you know what, you know where you're at, what you see, and and uh, the different things that you get, you know that that makes you want to go online and and talk about policy and things like that. So obviously, like you, you know, you're you're obviously not making, you know, you're not getting rich or anything doing this. So you definitely have passion for it. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to do it just for the thrill of it. And honestly, I feel like there's a lot of info that not a lot of people know about. And it's a shame. I know there was a lot of politicians going on like Fox News and CNN talking yeah. about like, oh, we need to secure the border crisis. But I don't see them actually going down a whole broadcasting yeah. about the culture stuff. And I know there's another thing. But I'll go into another detail. I'm going to talk about RIP, Mr. Ron, Governor Ron DeSantis, when he did that one episode with the Farm Boys, which is another like – Barcast episode that actually does talk about a lot of agriculture, and he actually did a pretty good job of talking about some of the history part of the agriculture with America. And I just wish there was more candidates who are willing to go down to do the whole broadcast episodes because everybody goes around like, "Oh my God, we got Orange Man. He's just got like hit up with three hundred million dollars." Or I would say, <laughs> abortion is terrible, or all these crazy, exacerbated ideas. Even though which it does get pretty sickening sometimes, and that's why I'm a little bit more. I'm like I'd rather go into the policy stuff. Like, how's it affecting my tax dollars? By what? Right. How's it affecting others? And how's it affecting my own business? Yeah, I, I like that about you. You know, you 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 will look at things for you, you'll you'll analyze things. You know, to to analyze it, not to throw your own. Um, dare I say bias, you know, I, I don't like using these buzzwords that they throw around much, but I mean, it's, it's better to talk to a person that sat down and weighed things out than to, to, I mean, I've been, I've been listening to talk radio my whole life, basically. Um, uh, even before they had like, um, what they called like the fairness doctrine. So I used to listen to like AM radio and it was very monotone <laughs> and, and, and completely about, but you know, after like the days of rush and everything, things it was fun, right? It was entertainment. Um, mm-hmm. But you kind of knew. Rush Limbaugh, he yeah. was such an influence on my life as well, and I know it's also a big influence on my dad's. Oh life, yeah. So. Oh yeah, Rush. Rush. Rush was was awesome. He was engaging. Um, uh, my dad used to listen to him like uh, driving in and driving out, and he would sit in the driveway to listen to the rest of the show. <laughs> Uh, I remember hearing all those like videos and always or those radio talks on all the way when I go to elementary school and that was like my first day of politics. Even though yeah, I didn't really knew what it was until my dad was starting to explain about like the whole like political grid and how all the stuff right. works. I was like, "Tell me more." Yeah, I'm addicted to it. <laughs> but but I, I like that you'll I like that you'll take and look at like uh, policy or you know like say free market principles and and just like look at it as fair as you can. You know when is too much, too much, or you know when is not enough, you know type of thing. Like you know, it's like you you sit down, you weigh out, you know what's what's logical and what's just, and 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 I like that. Um, and uh, like um, like talking about like from the like the Rush Limbaugh and like Fox News and things like that is 
and I, I'm not even really talking about Rush Limbaugh, but like a lot of these other radio hosts, they're very like I like to say they're loaded. And you know, mm. I, I'm guilty, right? I, I have my own way of seeing the world, and you know, I can be loaded too. But I do too. Sometimes <laughs> I don't really see all the emotions and all the other stuff, and I'm just like, here's my points. And even sometimes I kind of sell one of my own words how I actually describe throughout this episode. But yeah. no, but but I, but I like that though. You're, you you like to look at things uh, like from that analytical point of view, and it's 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 good. We need more people that are willing to do that. Um, and uh, you know, I um, there was there was another thing I was going to say. It was like at the tip of my mind, and it had to do with oh, like you know, yeah, like uh, like say Fox News for example, and and all these, there there a lot of them are just like it's 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 like it it's like it's so loaded that it's almost like predictable that um we don't we don't stand back like okay here's here's where I was going like um for example do do you read much by the Cato Institute or um or like maybe the Goldwater Institute or or even like yeah, Re- Reason I've magazine with those are the Goldwater Institute stuff so um, I know I'm a big fan of their work yeah when when you sent over like your uh the the outline and stuff that we were going to that we were going over like it looked very like to me it looked like very cato it, it, it looked like it looked very cato it looked very goldwater is I, I i like both those organizations and then do you know are you familiar with like reason foundation like reason magazine reason.com i feel like that name does pop up <laughs> but i know i subscribe to business journal and i know heritage foundation which i know oh yeah heritage do. yeah they found a phenomenal job with that i actually intervened with some other free market capitalism stuff with some good conservative values i know the sentimental institution from colorado which is kind of crazy that colorado is kind of a blue state now but yeah. you've got like some very strong conservative organizations there so Never heard i don't of that know one. how i mean a whole crazy area of denver and boulder and aurora but well, i've met some to them down there. i've met some good liberty people from uh colorado mm-hmm. it, i love that state i've always wanted to go there and i've always been more of like a mountain boy want to just go up there in the mountains maybe just go out my whole log yeah. cabin maybe chopping at some wood or somewhere yeah, it sounds like fun. Um, yeah, um, if yeah, I guess if you get bored, you should look at Reason dot com. Um, I used to subscribe to the magazine, but you know, the the weirdest thing happened during the Trump election uh, back in two thousand fifteen when it, you know when all the when they were running, everybody was running. Uh, we talked briefly on the phone a couple of days about you know you know who we were originally supporting and stuff back then. <clears throat> For me, it was Ben Carson was my original support. Um, but you know, like Reason magazine. I felt like they got a bad case of Trump derangement syndrome. And so I, I couldn't read reason for about, I, I'm, I'm able to actually start going on. It's almost like they're finally getting over it now, <laughs> but mm-hmm. it, it seemed like everything that reason wrote while Trump was president was just, it, it was, it was like almost like a, like they were throwing a fit or something and it, it kind of got in the way yeah, of their well, economical analysis. Real, like, oh, there's a lot of stuff, and I know there's like a whole Trump craze, like back in 2016. They're all like, even I was one of those people, and I was like, yeah, okay. I mean, Trump is running. I know he's definitely a big celebrity starting. He's not going to really run for president. Yeah, yeah, I didn't, I didn't think. <laughs> you see why people always kind of say all this crazy stuff, like he's a racist and all the racist stuff. I was like, <laughs> why? Even I was like 18, and I remember he announced his run like a month after I graduated high school in 2015. Yeah. It was like, I'm going to announce for my presidency, and I shall be running for the presidency. Are you serious? Like the guy from The Apprentice himself is running, and then right. I see all this crazy stuff that he's all like a racist, biggest xenophobe, and all that stuff. And I was like, people are just trying to craze off the whole Trump craze thing. Yeah, 
because he's Donald Trump running for president. And uh, I think all these journalists wants to try to capitalize on it, which yeah. obviously you know, Trump is a whole genre of entertainment. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> when you really look at him, I know, unfortunately, today, the lawsuits has not been pretty kind. He can't do business in New York for yeah. about three years. I know. It was funny. Is this podcast doesn't really even talk much about Trump. There's not a lot of Trump discussion on here. I mean, it's, it's mm. a, I don't know. The Trump is the big elephant in the room. Like, what am I going to say? He's Trump. Okay. <laughs> like, we know who he is. He is the elephant <laughs> in the room, literally. <laughs> but, like, uh, but like Reason Magazine, they, they were always so economically balanced. I used to love reading them. And, but, you know, the, the Cato Institute, Goldwater Institute, Heritage, those guys, uh, you know, they stayed on. Like, they, they stayed true to their um, economic principles throughout the Trump. Um, uh, t- during, while Trump was still president, they're, they're, they still maintain. I mean, uh, I, I wasn't reading. Her- I, I haven't read Heritage in some time. I should go back to reading them because they're an amazing organization. You should. They actually do some like fantastic work from there. And I know I'm going to start subscribing to some of the stuff or some other good contents. I know there are some pretty good things about religious freedom stuff. And I know yeah. as someone who's a very devout Christian and I was... I was baptized Methodist and there was like a whole entire story that it kind of made me decided to come back to Christ that I would say about three years ago. And mm. I now I'm a service leader and seeing all the stuff that's happening with that's my amazing. own generation. And which is kind of crazy. Like all my church, they were like, Hey, who is Sean? Like, who is that guy? That guy is like all very political talking about like all Republican stuff. I was like, yep, I, that is me. So if you want to discuss like crazy, and I always say to the people, it's like, you're involved in politics. They're like, yeah. I embrace the chaos, baby. <laughs> well, I like to say I'm involved in it because I'm trying to get it back to like a really tame, <laughs> you know, where it doesn't matter anymore, you know, where it's not, you know, because I feel bad. Like, I, I feel like we wake up in the morning and there's government, you know what I mean? Like, I really feel that way. Like, I feel like I get out of bed in the morning and there's government waiting on me to tell me what I am allowed to do and what I'm not allowed to do. And there was a point in my life where government didn't cross my mind. <laughs> And then all of a sudden, government is everything. So I think may- maybe you're the same way. Like I, I, I'm involved in this stuff only because I, I really want to go away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Me too. Uh, but honestly, M plus is fun to kind of learn about all this policy it stuff, is. how it affects the businesses, and also you actually always there's always something learn know to learn about the industry about like how. It's a study of humanity and how people can really get and it really does really can really test your own faith. Like yeah. it's probably the most important thing of politics, regardless how many people what they think about you, even right. though if you really get into the hierarchy, which I know I'm already kind of prepared if I do decide to kind of pursue it more as a career path as elected official, you're gonna find out who your allies are and you're gonna find out who your enemies are. Right. But the most important thing that I was kept saying, which I know I'm probably going to ham fist this throughout the end of the episode, that probably the most important person that you're supposed to satisfy is the Lord, the Heavenly Father, sure. I would say Jesus Christ himself. Absolutely. If you hold on to that faith, like that necklace, like it's like your dear yeah. heart, like life depends on it. Yeah. Nothing can really steer you away. Yeah, that's that's. That's actually beautiful words right there. Um, you know, you know what's really interesting. You mentioned three years ago, you you kind of like returned to not not probably returned to faith, but decided to like get back on board, right? I'm, I'm sure mm-hmm. you never lost your faith. I never lost my faith over the years, but I, I didn't set foot in a church for I think about 16 years, 17 years, or something like that. And uh, wow, yeah, 20, 20, 2020 hit. Uh, we got involved. 
uh, locally. And I used to meet up on Saturdays with a bunch of Catholics and I'm not Catholic. Um, and, uh, they would, they would pray and they would march around the Capitol and they were basically praying for the state of Arizona. And I said, I told my wife at the time, I'm not, at the time, I told my wife, <laughs> I'm making it sound like I don't have a wife anymore. Um, but no, at that time, I told my wife, I said, you know, what are we doing? We're, we're participating in these massive prayers. We're marching with the Catholics. Like, we need to go to church. Like, we can't play this game anymore. And so we've been going to church ever since. So I, I, think, I think there's been a lot of people, like, returning to their faith, you know? Yeah, I've been seeing that going along to happening after 2020. And even there was like one Instagram post that I saw that not too long ago. There was like more younger people want to know who Jesus Christ yeah. is. And there was that one big event. Are you familiar with Duck Dynasty? Oh, yeah, the show. Yeah, I, I've I've only seen like like pieces of it. But yeah, I'm familiar yeah. with the guys. Like There the, was the daughter of the one of the main guys, Sadie Robertson, actually did came out of our church on Wow. February 30th, she actually ended up spoken up, and I know we got like a good about like 600 young adults coming there for all the way from GCU. Even some came like from Sedona, which is this is kind of crazy. Yeah, that's awesome. All across the state, come for all into North Phoenix, going up there, and people want to know who Jesus Christ is. And plus, Sadie's, I mean, if you listen to some of the broadcasts and stuff, she always kind of puts up a very sweet, very humbling, very go happy go lucky type of broadcast episodes, which obviously I think she does a phenomenal job and she did a great job of the event. And I was actually hoping hosting some of the events part there. So yeah, and it was just, cool. I feel like I three years ago, which obviously I came back to church in 2021, okay, right around April. And I feel like I went back home to my faith. Yeah. It felt good to go back to when I went. Too, the same thing like, mm-hmm. I, like i never felt better it, it, it was like the, when i watched it when i walked in and i saw church pews i was like i actually like wanted to grab one and go oh, like why have i been <laughs> why have i been away for so long you know it was really cool mm-hmm. you know and and you know nicole sparrow right like yeah nicole yeah. she's phenomenal yeah she is she's an amazing human being um and she like uh she had written something on new revivals that uh like a couple other big pages on facebook picked up and re they 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 took her they they took what she wrote i think and then uh they like kind of repasted it into their own and wrote this is from nicole one of our sisters and they wrote i this think re- i might have came across you might have seen that long ago yeah it was really it was really cool and and you know she's she's out there and she's kind of like category uh, cataloging these movements of people that are coming to Christ and 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 mm-hmm. getting baptized and things like that in huge numbers. It is such a beautiful thing to see her. Which obviously I know I I don't think I was about to tell you this, but I'm actually interested to kind of start my own like production show where I actually do interviews with a few other good friends that I know. Ari is definitely one of the big ones. Yeah. Kylie Barber is another like individual who is running an LD9. So that's another very competitive district. But, you know, I'm going to be praying for her, which honestly, she if you ever want to go on, on her social media, she is a fantastic human being, probably one of the most, obviously, most beautiful individuals. I mean, both, obviously, both physically, obviously, she's gorgeous, but internally, she's yeah. like literally going out there, wants to care for all these family value things. And there's so much stuff that was obviously she actually got her own degree, like the whole like study about like family structure stuff. So I feel like you should be able to introduce her on the free broadcast episodes. And that's like one of the other things that I would love to do an interview session with her because there's just so much any ideas. And I feel like nobody yeah. ever talks about it. It's like everybody can talk about it. It's like, how is it benefiting my wallet? How's it going to be benefit me, 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 but rather than like 
the whole grander picture of it go yeah. back to the whole beginning thing when i says like how could you serve your neighbor right yeah that's that's yeah that's amazing yeah that's really neat that all this stuff is coming together well well what do you think john i i feel like we've run through almost everything yeah we did so it's 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 been a little over an hour believe yeah. it or not <laughs> mm-hmm I was going to say in an hour, that was like, you know, that was a really good session and kind of talked a little bit about myself, a little bit more aggressive for you about the whole yeah. renewable energy stuff. So I really enjoy having a good time. And I hope you guys, if anyone's ever watching here, which I know I'm about to kind of promote myself in this episode. No, no, so. promote away, promote away. All right. So if you guys want to, if you really enjoy all my content and for me, like rambling about random stuff or maybe sound like I know, or maybe sometimes there's a lot of things that I may not know about. Follow me on my Twitter at Real Sean McMahon. That's also applies for Twitter, Instagram, and also have a TikTok as well. So I'll probably include that in the link in the bio when he when this sure. episode posts up for anyone who wants to be able to watch it. And I hopefully I get to do a lot more class because I'm always, as you can tell, I have an open door policy. If you guys ever want to talk about other issues or other things that came across your mind, my DMs are always open. Yeah, absolutely, Sean. Um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed having you on. Um, uh, I guess this is a public invite. Come back on ASAP. How's that sound? Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. ASAP, I would say maybe next Friday or whatever yeah, time. I'll do it. Yeah. If I, whenever I got the time, just like, like I say, uh, like I've told other people, like I mentioned Mr. K, you know, I always say, Hey, you know what? S- send me a line say, just say, I want to get on there and say a few things. <laughs> Mm-hmm. You know, you know, just to kind of uh, like, ex- I, I, I don't know if I told you this, but like one of the reasons why we even made this podcast in the first place was because we, we were trying to get a person on some of the local radio. Did I, did I tell you about this? Yeah. You mentioned about it in yeah. the whole conversation before we did this. Yeah. I mean, we couldn't, we couldn't get anybody to, to, to listen to this person and, and we were having problems. Uh, we were having lots of people do, uh, we were doing events, uh, regarding, uh, lockdowns and things like that. Sound, sound companies were canceling PA system rentals and we were like, okay, fine. I own, I own one. I'm going to bring it over and hand you a microphone. And <laughs> so that's kind of how this whole thing got started. So, you know, that's, um, so, so I, I, I hold true to that. Right. So if I, I always tell people, you know, Hey, you know, you, you want to come talk, just tell me, we'll, we'll fire up the microphone. We'll get going. You know, there's no scheduled release day. Like, you know, the podcast every Monday, Wednesday, Friday at 7am. No, it's not like that. You know, we just get stuff out as we get it, you know? So yeah, feel free, Sean, come on anytime. All right. Awesome. Thank you for having me on Neil. And I would say, Thank you for everyone who very actually taking the time for speaking to us, talking about some other ideas, and I am looking forward for the next episode, whatever I make my appearance. So I would say before I make my catchphrase, so I would say good morning, good evening, and good night to all you lovely people. And always remember, always believe in Christ, and always fight for yourself, always think for yourself. And God bless you. Have a great day. Hey, couldn't be said better, Sean. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I'm probably going to work on the banter stuff, but, you know, that's the way I'm going to end it. So, Hey, it's a perfect ending. Hey, well, thanks again, Sean. Thank you, Neil. So, you take it. Yeah, we'll have you on very soon. Very, very soon. All righty. So, see you uh, next Friday when I talk about the water supply episode. Yeah, absolutely. We'll talk water. 
We'll get. We'll give you an hour of water. So, oh. <laughs> so I guess. So break I'm out the ice. Hope you guys are thirsty enough for that one hour <laughs> episode because you're going to be hanging out for big water like this. <laughs> you know, and it's true though. Just, just that's a dead serious topic here in Arizona. Water. That's a big one. That's a really big one. Probably the biggest one of all. So. All right, Sean. Well, thanks again. All right. You take care. Okay. You too, Sean.